0: The following is a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of MyTalk 107.1.
1: You are going to be the best mom. I have an amazing mother. You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever.
0: Welcome to The Mom Show, MyTalk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651-641-1071 or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. Thank you for joining us again here on The Mom Show on My Talk 107.1. I'm Miss Shannon, and I remind everybody what we do here on The Mom Show, because we do have a rotating panel of experts that just give you some great information that can help you in your day-to-day life. And a lot of the time, it's things that you're going, I wish I knew, or I learned just enough information from Google to be dangerous. But we can actually kind of demystify some great topics for you. And today, we are joined by our good friends, our legal experts, the team from Sheridan and Dulas, Deanne Dulas and Jeff. Sheridan in the building. Good morning, Jeff and Deanne. How are you guys doing today?
1: Very well. Good morning. Good
0: yeah. morning, Shannon. And I, you know, I appreciate every time he comes in because I feel like every show that we do with our folks from Sheridan and Doulas here on The Mom Show, there's always that aha moment that oh I didn't know that you Mm -hmm. know or something that you thought it had a kernel of truth to it and then it turns out that it really is not in your best interest and that's what you guys cover a lot
1: always that's really what a good lawyer will do is help you understand what the law really does for you instead of letting you rely on myth and folklore that so many of us just really think about things in the law and what we see on television
0: Because it's interesting because it really does just really show because I am party to this. So many of my entertainment based shows Mm -hmm. are based on something legalese, either like some true crime Mm -hmm. show or uh, go back to old school to L.A. law. And then we flash forward (laughs) to, you know, kind of like I've seen every episode of all of those shows. So it's it's funny how it makes you think you have. Correct information, like you forget that that's fictionalized.
1: It's absolutely fictionalized, except for the Miranda warning, uh, which we probably all know by heart. Right? Most of the rest of it is just made up, and it's unfortunate. Like I should, you know, uh, the human
0: side of me should go. Wait a minute, that's the same thing as you watch too many martial arts movies and then you think you're a ninja. I am not an attorney. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah.
2: Well, and it touches every aspect of our lives here, uh, you know, as Americans, whether uh, you know whether we think it's touching it or not, and. You know, we live under this uh, um, world where ignorance of the law is no excuse. So the the way you find out uh, that your ignorance has become a problem is is usually when it's too late.
0: Yes, yes. and then you're stuck. <clears throat> you know? Then you're stuck. You know, And so we are going to give some great information today. We are going to cover, uh, this. it's going to sound like a broad topic, but it's actually going to be really cool for everybody out there. We're going to be talking about things you wish you knew before you needed a lawyer.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's so many times when people will come in and talk to Jeff or I and we'll be explaining what their situation really means and what all the, the impacts are going to be. And they say, oh, I wish I would have known that before. Right, And it's really hard to talk to somebody for the first time and have to explain to them that what they thought was true really isn't true. Right. And that it's going to have a much different impact on them than they had thought. Well, we always appreciate people being part of the Mom Show. You can call us at
0: 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. We're going to cover some great topics today. And I also like to remind you that although Jeff, and Deanne are both attorneys. And some of this information may apply to you. It is still general information. And it will answer some common questions today. But we encourage you to seek your own specific advice and make an appointment with your own lawyer.
2: Absolutely. Every situation is different. And, uh, you know, what... What you might think was not an important variance between your case and one we talk about here today uh, may actually turn out to be the key difference. Uh, that would change our advice uh, quite a bit. So. And
0: it's great that you're both in the building because we've talked about this before. I know that uh, Deanne is only 15, but she has like 150 years <laughs> of uh, legal experience. And Jeff, we have to at least double that with you. So you've yes. been in this criminal field for
2: quite some time, They're obviously over 30 years.
0: And you know. so when you were deciding, okay, what kind of attorney am I going to be? I don't want to do patents. I'm going to be a criminal <laughs> <laughs> attorney. How did you make that? That I. How did you come to that realization that that's what you wanted to? do? To do,
2: Jeff? You know, I, I actually my whole goal in law school was I wanted to become a prosecutor and then one day become a judge. And okay. then I actually worked in the federal uh, public defender's office when I was in law school. OK. And that experience uh, actually representing human beings, right? Not the concept of the government or the concept of the state or some big insurance company, but actually representing real life human beings who had, you know, are are trying their best not to have their lives judged by the very worst day in it. Right. uh, It it just changed the whole focus of everything I wanted to do.
0: And so now we are here. And I think that, uh, you know, again, it is finding the right attorney for the situation where you are in your Mm -hmm. life. But as you've mentioned before, Deanne, a lot of times these things overlap. So if you come in for one thing, you might snowball into or, or I'm sorry, domino into I need an attorney that handles this as well.
1: So many times we end up having complications between family and criminal law or family and estate planning. Uh, that's why we have all of those people at our firm is because it's very easy to find that one of your fixes in one area requires a fix in another area. Right. And when those overlap, you really need to talk to people that really do this stuff. You can't talk to just any lawyer. Uh, you need someone who specializes in these areas.
0: Right. And so it's so good that we can like start with some of these foundational things. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's say I walked into your office and I had a parking ticket. You know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I'm like, you know what? I always get these. I, you know, I thought I was going to make it back out to the meter and I didn't make it back out to the meter. So I just go online and I pay these things and everything should be done and nobody will harass me. Mm-hmm. Is that the right course of action? <laughs> am I doing it right? You know, yeah, And
2: usually with, if it's a parking ticket, if it's some minor, uh, you know, non moving offense like that, it's, you know, that that's probably fine. Okay. If you did in fact overstay the meter, um, you know, if there's problems with the meters, there's all sorts of procedures to deal with that. I think where we get into the most trouble is in moving violations because, you know, um, uh, the state has created something called a payables list uh, where they have a, a certain list of offenses, you know, speeding tickets, um, uh, you know, uh, stop sign violations, that sort of stuff. Um, And they make it uh, what they perceive as easy to take care of them so you you don't have to take time off of work and, and and appear in court. Yes. Uh, And so you're going, you're doing
0: me a favor. Exactly. Okay.
2: And the instinct is to think of that as the easy out uh, Mm -hmm. and, and just go ahead and do that and pay your $135 and now you're done. What most people don't realize is that for every one of those moving offenses, you're now adding it onto your driving record and you go online and, you know, pay three of those in the course of a year, uh, and suddenly you're getting a notice from the Department of Public Safety now telling you now your license has been suspended
0: and you're like, wait, I paid all my tickets. Right. OK,
2: but you're suspended because you got three of them in 24 or 12 months or f- five of them in 24 months. Um, and now, the, you know, if, if you happen to be the kind of person who's, you know, very attentive and, and made sure you got your license, uh, the, the address on your license updated. Right. You will be the person who got the notice telling you that for the next 30 days you can't legally drive. <laughs> But if you're not that person, the, the Department of Public Safety will only send mail to the address that's on your driver's license because you have this responsibility to change it. Okay. So if you've gone off to college or you've done X or Y or Z and you're no longer at that address, now your license is suspended and the next ticket you get isn't for speeding. It's for driving after revocation. Also a payable offense, but when you pay that one, your license is going to get suspended or revoked again, and you end up in this this snowballing, what we call the merry-go-round of revocations. Because
0: then people start, is that when I hear mm-hmm. about my friends, because I had this friend that seemed to be in that cycle, where yes. he would get pulled over, and then they would impound his car, and then he would pay the money, and then he'd get pulled over again, and they would impound his car, yep. and he would pay the money. So so how did he get started, you're saying? He right, went, okay. and so
2: it's, the it's you know, the the funny thing is, is these driving after suspension charges, even though they're very serious, And and carry. I mean, you end up with a misdemeanor conviction out of it, even though you just paid it online. Um, And so now you're on this 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 uh, merry-go-round of revocations. They get longer and longer each time you do it. Uh, And so you end up with people who haven't been valid for years, all because they didn't bother to take the time to come in and fight that that stop sign violation, which was the third ticket that actually set them on the merry-go-round in the first place. So, again, it's easy not to take the day off of work and, go, you know, go down to court to actually fight that stop sign violation, you know, because the stop sign was covered with a tree branch. Right. Because right. the city had failed to do their their part in keeping that stop sign clear. And oh, it's too much trouble to go fight that, even though you would have won it because right. of the branch in front of the tree, uh, the sign now you've ended up in this snowballing and ever more expensive and ever more troublesome. And now you come to me because now you just don't know what else to do. Right. And now we have the the problem of trying to go back and undo all the damage you've done. Try to get the judge to let you actually have that trial about whether there was a tree branch in front of that stop sign And now we're going to go back and try to undo all those driving after revocation fines you paid because, you know, after all, you were revoked. Right. But you never should have been in the first place. And by this point, you're, you're I mean, it's now going to be thousands of dollars worth of legal work, perhaps in multiple courthouses. To try to withdraw your guilty pleas, And and That's what people don't think of paying a fine as a pleading guilty, but you are. Okay. And that's pleading guilty to a crime, and sometimes this stuff is all going to show up when you go in for a background check for that great new job you just got. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. And now. And you're like, it was
1: just, I just, I uh accidentally blew through a stop sign.
2: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: And it's really easy too for people to, you know, going to court when you're the defendant is not just about taking the time off of work, but it's also that societal pressure where somehow you're being judged, you have to go in with a bunch of real criminals, and you're going to an arraignment, and you're uncomfortable because you don't know what you're doing, but you don't want to hire a lawyer just for a speeding ticket. Exactly. And so you get into this horrible uh, rotation where you're paying these fines, and then ultimately just a person who is busy trying to get ready to get to work and get there on time, ends up in a really bad situation.
0: So this is another one of those scenarios where it's like, you know what, the first time, at least call an attorney, is what we're mm-hmm. saying. Absolutely.
2: Right. It's just kind of just fish around a little bit. And by and large, prosecutors understand this this merry-go-round of, of, of revocations. And of course, if you don't have a valid license, you're not going to be able to get insurance. Right. And they want you to be driving with a valid license with insurance. So... Even the prosecutors would, even if you just showed up for court and talked to the prosecutor, you'd still have an opportunity to have somebody who, with a law degree, tell you, look, if you do this, it's going to end up on your record, and this is going to be the actual consequence of that. It'll, And then if you pay the fine, at least you're doing it with your eyes wide open. So but,
0: the lesson right now is you're not necessarily saving yourself time. By thinking you're saving yourself time, oh, that no.
2: that payables list was, I think, the worst idea that they ever had, and it just, it, especially putting things like driving after revocation and driving with no insurance, that gets you revoked until you prove you have insurance. I mean, it, it it's an indefinite revocation of your driver's license, and they that is not on the website where you click on the pay my fine. Uh, So Mm -hmm. that's that's all stuff you find out the hard way. All right.
1: Right. So you pay that fine saying that you didn't have the insurance and then you don't go get the insurance or prove that you had the insurance and that's all it takes.
2: Yeah, It's not an insurance card anymore. Now you need something from the insurance company called an SR22 verifying that you've got insurance and you've paid for it for at least a year to come before they're going to give you back your license.
0: I think there's a little more we can clarify with that, but we also need to go into our first break. And when we get back, Deanne, I know we want to say uh, cover some information on something you should know before you call an attorney uh, regarding family law.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk about what happens when you have a child and you're not married. What happens? What are some of the initial rules that, that pop in right away uh, before you've ever seen a lawyer and so that you know uh, what's coming.
0: We're going to cover that and more on The Mom Show with our experts from Sheridan and Doolis, Deanne Doolis, and Jeff Sheridan when we return. We will be right back. Welcome back to The Mom Show here on My Talk 1071. You can always find this episode and previous episodes if you go to our website, mytalk 1071com Use the keyword mom show. And this morning, our guests are from Sheridan and Doulas, Deanne Doulas and Jeff Sheridan. And we're going over some things that would be helpful to know before you need an attorney, you know. Yeah, so if you go ahead, if you have any questions, you can contact us at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. And we started with some good uh, criminal uh, law advice that started from Jeff. And now Mm -hmm. we're going to go back to the family side, Deanne. And so what's some good information that I should know before I need an attorney regarding my family?
1: Well, we're going to talk specifically about families that are formed when there isn't a marriage. Okay. If you have a child uh, with someone and you're not married to them... One of the rules that impacts you right away is that as soon as that child is born, the mother has sole legal and sole physical custody of that child. Okay. Period. All right. Right. The father has no rights to the child, even if they're paying child support. Now, is that a Minnesota thing or is that a national? Thing? No, that's a Minnesota thing. Okay. Got that's it. That's a Minnesota okay. thing. So it's really important to understand what that protocol looks like. For moms, they have to be very careful because. If moms say, no, I have sole legal, sole physical custody, I'm not going to let you see this child, dads can actually use that as a mechanism for saying mom's prohibiting me from seeing the child okay. I want to have more time okay if they go back into court so it's really important for everyone to understand how that works that if you just because you have a child with somebody that does not mean that you have the right to see that child even okay. if you're paying child support and moms need to understand just because they are given the right to sole legal and sole physical custody and dad has no parenting time rights at that point right Moms still need to allow some sort of contact before they uh, or else they're going to end up harming their authority and having continuing custody of the child.
0: So when I am asking the question, when I when I go to an attorney, I go, here's the scenario. Yes. Um, How do I start that conversation with you or someone like you, Deanne?
1: Well, you would start the conversation simply by explaining what's going on, who you're in a relationship with, how you uh, have that relationship, do you have any minor children, and then working our way forward. So if you're a male coming in, some of the first questions I'm going to ask you are whether or not you signed a recognition of parentage, whether you're currently paying child support, and whether you're currently paying child support as a result of a court order. Because if you are in court and the county brings an action to commence child support, what happens is this, is that if it happens in the expedited child support process, okay. they have the authority to order you to pay child support, but no authority to give you any parenting time. Oh, okay. All right. They're going to calculate parenting time as if you have no No parenting parenting time time. and that will impact the amount of child support that you pay. So if you're going into court and you think, Oh, you know, it's fine. I'll deal with it. We're going to court and it's just for child support that's not going to do you any good. You're okay. going to have to bring your own separate action in district court in order to get any sort of parenting time. Let's
0: say we're in a gray area and this yeah. is only kind of my scenario, but my, my ex-husband and I, we were, we found out we were pregnant and then got married. Yes. So we were married by the time we had the baby. Yes. But what if we had gotten married after we had our son? Does it do what I still have to make him, Uh, Fill something out or do anything or how does that work?
1: That's a really great question because that does happen a lot. So it depends. We happened
0: to get the ceremony done before we had the baby, (laughs)
1: but we considered not. You know, we considered not. You know,
0: just because it was one more thing to do and we didn't think it would matter.
1: So it depends a lot on what happens at the hospital. Okay, at the hospital there are going to be two basic forms that are going to be presented to new parents. One is the birth certificate uh, that, if you're not married, mom controls and gets to say who's the father on the birth certificate. Right. Mom doesn't have to put down dad's name. Mom can just put her own name down, though the hospital will want you to put somebody down there. Mm -hmm. And then there's the recognition of parentage. Okay, That's a document signed by dad. If dad signs that at the hospital, that makes him presumptively dad, and it changes how we move forward in this paternity context. But even that recognition of parentage does not give you parenting rights or parenting time. Oh, goodness. Okay. So, but for mom... This is what is really important for mom to know. If it's if there's no recognition of parentage, yes, and there is a paternity case, which is how we decide parentage. Okay, both mom and dad are entitled to counsel appointed by the state. Oh, the only time that the state is going to appoint a civil attorney for you. Okay, but if dad signs a recognition of parentage at the hospital, it now becomes a custody proceeding. And neither of them are entitled to an attorney. So now you both have to hire your own attorney mm-hmm. if you want one. Exactly. And you probably want one. So, <laughs> so so signing that recognition of parentage is a very important moment, both for mom and dad. What dad does when he signs that recognition of parentage is he says, I'm the father. And he obligates himself to pay child support, regardless of whether he ends up being the father. He's right. a whole nother process to undo that. Okay. But for mom, if she has dad sign the recognition of parentage and she knows that it's going to be a custody fight somewhere down the line, she deprives herself of a court appointed attorney on that issue. So many things
0: you have to keep track of when you're there. So I mean, oh. I, this goes back to questions. That, that's why it's questions that you should know right. before you need an attorney, because it's Sounds so like much easier a if you talk with you in exactly the, in the delivery room. And yes. I think in that this goes room. back to a lot of things that we've mentioned before, Deanna. Is that you know it's worth it having these conversations while you're still in the throes of love. Yeah, like, And so, so many things that we talk about, you know, when when our experts here from Sheridan and Doula's are in, are things that look like they are a buzzkill on love, but they are it not. not. Uh-huh. It's, it's really just making yourself, right. you know, it's a conversation that you would hope that you could have an open, honest r- adult conversation with your potential partner. Cause we, it's we very always, important.
2: We always tell people lawyers, you know, lawyer, uh, you know, the, everybody's involved in the thing is thinking about the marriage, right? right. The fun of the situation, the, what flowers, the what outfits, right? how
0: many, you know, and what, the, and the lawyer
2: is always thinking about the divorce, yes. right? So whether it's, whether it's actually people or it's a, you know, business partners trying to start a new business, you know, Mm -hmm. they're all excited about this new enterprise and and all the lawyer is there to do is to say, all right, but when it hits the fan, right. What, what is the relationship going to look like after the divorce? And you know, yes, in that regard, we are indeed uh, trained to be buzz killers. Well, I'll
0: think about <laughs> it this way: I like to shine a golden light on our buzz killness um, because <laughs> yes. what it really is is that if you can have these conversations, hopefully, it builds more trust mm-hmm. and more honesty, and it might clear up some things so that you don't get to that yes. somewhere down the road. Because mm-hmm. at least you're having this conversation before it comes, you know, becomes an argument. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it's just a conversation at this point.
1: Well, and the other thing is, is that if you are pregnant and you're not sure what your rights are going to to or what dad's rights are going to be to a child because you're not married. Go in and talk to somebody before the child is even born. Right. right. You'll get that information so that when you're in the delivery room, you're not thinking, oh, my gosh, should they sign this or not? Or what's, your, what's <laughs> happening? That is the last. I
0: mean, so many right. of these conversations is preparing so that you don't have to deal with it when you are not at your best.
1: No. <laughs> now, and, and right after having a baby is the last time oh, you're, you're thinking about. No. You're exhausted. You're not thinking about anything other Mm-mm. than this brand new precious angel that right. you have. You are not thinking about any of the rest of it's these It's so things. good to
0: be able to just focus on the fact that you have an adorable bundle of joy yes. and not worried about, I hope that this doesn't turn into a mess somewhere down in, in his future. Exactly. His or her future. That's the last
1: yeah. thing you should be worrying about. The other thing that's really cool prenatally is there are now opportunities for us to even do prenatal paternity testing. Oh, okay. You know, for the longest time, we've all had to wait for the baby to be born. But there are tests available that can test paternity before the baby is even born.
0: Well, science is finally helping us out. Oh, and. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
1: it's absolutely crazy
0: robots are taking over our jobs but science is helping us out with our paternity tests. Mm -hmm. and um, we're going to go to a non-scientific test when we come back from the break because there's a field test that you want to talk about right Jeff? I do indeed yes so we recover that and we are also going to take your questions here on the mom show the number is 651-641-1071 we'll be right back Welcome back to the mom show here on my talk 1071. Again, you can always find our information at mytalk1071.com a keyword mom show because we always have great things that sometimes you're like, I wish I had taken notes. <laughs> I wish I had time to write that down. Don't worry if you go to the website, lots of times the notes are there. Any links that we discuss mm-hmm. we always post on the page and you can always listen back to the show and and uh, joining us today from Sheridan and Doulas, Jeff Doulas, I'm sorry oh, Deanne Dulas and Jeff Sheridan are here and Deanne, what we had talked about before is That we don't encourage anybody to have to take copious notes, but one of the things that is cool about this show is that sometimes if it's something that would be a good way to uh, have a conversation with a potential business partner when when Jeff is here or a potential life partner, when you were here, Deanne, you could maybe just go back to a previous episode that had a topic and you could just play it gently in the background. (laughs) And then you could go. It is so interesting that they brought up prenuptial agreements. Yes. I've always wanted to talk about that. What do you think? (laughs)
1: Exactly. Right. Exactly. Or or if we're talking about DWIs, Jeff can say, oh, honey, listen to this. You know, (laughs) what's interesting is that I just got a DWI. (laughs) And And I think we're going to be okay. It
2: discusses disclosure. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. It discusses
0: disclosure. Um, And so, Jeff, a lot of what you've uh, talked about when you I like that you leave me with sign sound bites. I can tell my friends, like, for instance, things that one of the things you mentioned is you can always ask a police officer. Do I have to? And well, you brought that up before. So the, and why do you do that? The four
2: words that will set you free. <laughs> yes. do, I, do I have to? And, and, and I, I, obviously there's, uh, I don't mean that uh, literally, but, but the, uh, um, you know, so many people when they're in an encounter with the police, there's a huge power differential. Correct. Right. I mean, you're, you're pulled over, you got an armed, badged uh, enforcer of the law standing outside your window. And so many people feel that they, it is a, it is a deliberately intent, uh, a, a, a deliberately course, coercive situation. Right. Um, and so people feel like they have to do whatever the officer says, you know, so they don't ask you if you want to step out and perform field sobriety tests in a DWI arrest. They say, I'm going to have you step out of the car to do some tests for me to see if you're okay to be driving. Right. Um, and most people think, well, he's going to have me do it. Right. So I must have to do it. Um, and so those four words that we talked about, you know, do I have to, uh, are a, a great place to start because the officer has two choices at that point. He's either going to lie to you mm-hmm. and say that you do have to, right. Um, in which case I can use the fact that the officer lied right. uh, to defend you down the road, uh, or he's going to tell you the truth and say, well, as a matter of fact, no, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to do the tests. Um,
0: Here's and, what happens if you don't what It you gives, you of, the,
2: gives you the opportunity to, to make a decision I mean obviously if you know you're you're under the influence of alcohol and and you know that what you know these these uh, stupid human tricks on the roadside are about to provide them with a bunch of video evidence because right. they're videotaping all of this um, you're about to provide them with all the evidence that they're going to play in front of a jury at some point down the road to make you look... Uh, out of control... You can ask yourself, "Do I really want to provide this evidence?"
0: And we again encourage mm-hmm. people to make wise choices. Absolutely. We always encourage you to use Uber and Lyft and to not end up in these situations. Absolutely. we are just providing information that if you step into it, like, and it, especially if you're one of those people, like I know that I get anxious being pulled over in, when I haven't done anything yes. wrong. Yeah, you know? absolutely. <laughs> like I'm and like I get, haven't even done anything, and says yeah. You know. So you
2: get to the end of that encounter, and the officer says, um, "You know, well here's your here's your ticket for." speeding right that's why i pulled you over would you mind if i search your car
0: why do you want to search my car like if now i'm like extra freaked out right right. okay
2: and again you've got an armed uniformed officer standing at your window and do you feel in that that in the with the power differential that you have the power to say no right you absolutely have the power to say no Mm -hmm. Uh, and you can help identify that by using the four magic words, do I have to? Right. Uh, Cause it sounds like the kind of thing where you ought to get a warrant if yes. you want to search my car, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, people often, you know, uh, uh, the 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 when you read the police report later about how they found the one hitter in right. your, in your uh, you know, rolling around under your seat, yes. is going to say that you consented to, to that search of okay. that vehicle. Um, I will argue about whether that actually constitutes consent, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, but why put yourself in the situation in the first place? So, you know, with the field sobriety tests, you know, they've these are all tests that have allegedly been scientifically validated. Mm -hmm. So one of the tests is the one leg stand test. and, And the validation of that is that officers will will correctly predict whether you're over the legal limit. 65% of the time. Now, I don't know how many tests you've taken in your life where 65% is considered to be a passing grade, (laughs) but I haven't had many of them where 65 was considered passing. And remember that even if the cop used a coin coin flip, Mm -hmm. he's gonna get it right 50% of the time. So what we're talking about is a test that helps us get the the delta between 50% right and 65% right. That's not really much of a scientific test, right? But when they testify it in a, about it in a courtroom, of course, it will have it'll be cloaked in this this aura of science, right? Even though it's just nonsense.
0: And again, we're just providing information that will help you not get in that domino effect of well, this is what I this is the the thing that I actually did, but then it just just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and, and bigger. And
2: we're right back to the ignorance of the law is no excuse. Right. So you were presumed to have paid enough attention in civics class that you knew about the Fourth Amendment and and that you didn't need to provide evidence against yourself. Right. Uh, You know, physical evidence or or Fifth Amendment, if it's testimonial evidence, you didn't need to answer all of those questions. You're presumed to know all of that, which is why you should really, really pay attention in civics class. And in real (laughs) life,
0: we all, you know, I Mm -hmm. mean, real talk, we know that if it wasn't in Schoolhouse Rock, we don't know it. Yes. You know, if (laughs) there wasn't a that we got to see in a cartoon along mm-hmm. with it. We don't know any of it. And well, there were no
2: DWI episodes. No, there at was all. not.
0: I have them all on DVD and I would remember that. Yes. You know, there, you know, I'm just a bill, but nothing about
1: what happens if you get a DWI. Well, and if you went to high school after 1968, you really weren't taught civics. You were right. taught social science. Correct. Right, so mm-hmm. you learn history and you learn some social science, but there really wasn't a full civics unit. That's something that happened before nineteen sixty eight. And so a lot of us walk out and in the real world. And if you haven't gone to law school, you don't have even a basic knowledge of what those rights are. And so when you're confronted with a police officer outside your car, knowing what the situation is, you have to make some pretty important decisions about how you're going to respond. And while you can always say, do I have to, the The thing you want to be careful about is that you don't get assisted to the ground by a police officer. Correct. Because right. you, yes, you, you know you escorted. get
2: escorted. It's escorted yeah. to the uh, ground. Right. Escorted <laughs> to the
0: ground. I agree. Right. I so like, you got to be. It's a fine line. Like I want to make sure that super I am fine. Line. I am protecting myself on both counts, but I also don't want to be argumentative just for being argumentative. No, safe. So, I understand. You
1: know, that. you can say, you know, do I have to? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you do it too often, that officer's going to get annoyed, <laughs> right. uh, and uh, you may find yourself in cuffs uh, for a speeding ticket so you just right. you really have to use your best judgment but know that just because the officer tells you something doesn't necessarily mean that it's true or that you have to do it all right we have some other things that we need to cover some important information that you should know before you need an
0: attorney we're also going to go to the phone i know we have a couple of people on hold and we'll be happy to take your questions as well at 651-641-1071 we'll be right back on the mom show you're joining us here on The Mom Show on My Talk 107. One. in studio today from Sheridan and Doulas, Deanne Doulas and Jeff Sheridan, our legal advisors and just all things useful information that, uh, you know, if you've been poisoned by television, yes. um, if you've been poisoned <laughs> by television, as I have, uh, Jeff and Deanne are great at dispelling all of those myths. And so we've been covering some information on what you should know before you need an attorney. Yes. So we're also taking questions. The number is 651-641-107. One and Julie, you have a question for Deanne and Jeff. Hey Julie, huh? th- hi Julie, thanks for calling the mom show. What's your question for Deanne and Jeff? Oh, I um, recently, um, this summer, I was driving home uh, on 15 west towards Navarre
1: Spring Park Mound, and there was a cop sitting on a side road. He pulled out, made me go through the whole humiliation of everybody that I know. Seeing me do those tests on the side, some woman
0: had called in and said I was swerving. I was brushing my hair, so I guess I might have been. But anyway, if you do refuse that humiliating row ah, antics for all the world to see, what happens?
2: Well, it's hard to say. It depends on the circumstances of any individual case. But what you're doing is you're requiring the officer to make a decision. So in order to arrest somebody for a criminal offense, an officer has to say, I have what's called probable cause. Um, And the the way the officer is trying to get probable cause to arrest you for impaired driving is by putting you through a series of. Uh, of these tests. Um, And so the, uh, it was not impaired by the way. And I, I assumed. So the, the, um, what you do is you make the, the officer make a decision based on the information he has. Um, And, and that's always the case. So it may be that he decides he has enough information without, uh, you performing any tests, and uh, decides to arrest you, or it may be that he decides that without any further information, there's not enough justification for an arrest, and he lets you go. Again, it, it it's it's individual to the circumstances of any particular case. My guess is is that if it's two thirty in the morning on a Saturday uh, leading into a Sunday, you're probably going to get arrested and pulled down to the station to be tested. But again, these design these tests generally reveal. Um, uh, very little about whether you're actually impaired. Uh, what they're looking for is a justification to ultimately put a breath test device into your mouth and make you blow into it. Um, and if it, it, you know, I, you're going to have to make your own decisions based on the circumstances uh, that are present. But the, the short answer is the officer is going to have to make a decision based upon whatever information he then has.
0: And Julie, I believe you. Right, get right to the blow test and skip all the humiliation. That's
2: my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. My God. And that was like a, a... that was an option that you. I mean, you could have said, "Look, I'm 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 fine to be driving. Um, you know, if you want to expedite this, uh, get your get your uh, little portable breath tester out, and I'll blow into it for you." Oh, okay, okay.
0: Thank you, Julie. And I believe you. I got pulled over because I was swerving because I was picking my nail polish off one night. But it was a female cop, and she was like, "Oh, I totally believe you." And so I got it, Julie. We shouldn't be doing that either, though. Kind of thing. We should just be focused on our driving, obviously, exactly. and not swerving a little oh, bit. There's but so
2: many distractions. Yes, these Yes. Yeah. You know, and
0: and I, you know, you shouldn't feed into that. But there are just so many just distractions in mm-hmm. life in general. Well, and it
2: used to be that you know, if you're swerving down the road, it's pretty good indication you're impaired. But that was long before there was such a thing as Pokemon go.
0: Correct, uh, or cell phone, yes, <laughs> or, or you know you carry your makeup bag. But there are so many reasons that you do it, mm-hmm. and we don't encourage you to distracted drive mm-hmm. either because that mm-hmm. is a problem. And so I know that we are all quite os- often uh, guilty of those type of things. It's a as great well.
2: way to have a nice chat with a police officer for no reason <laughs> when you could just put mm-hmm. your cell
0: phone down so i mean lots of there are lots of legitimate reasons to have um a chat with a police officer and we've been covering some of those this morning but we have a few a uh, few more minutes so one of the things that i wanted to cover because this kind of impl- uh, involves both jeff and deanne is orders of protection yeah um, and how they uh really work and one of those things that it's like how do i decide if it's appropriate for my family and i what can i
1: actually uh what does I, what's the benefit for it those type of things so can we start with you Sure. So the thing that's really interesting about orders for protection and harassment restraining orders is that while they're just a piece of paper and you still have to be thoughtful and careful for yourself because they will not stop a bullet. They will not uh, keep someone from banging into your house is what it does is it criminalizes behavior. Okay. So that if someone violates an order for protection or or they violate a harassment restraining order, it by itself becomes a whole separate crime, right? separate and apart from the protective order that's meant to protect you or protect uh, you from harassment and, and other folks. It also means that you need to be really thoughtful about what you are doing with your own behaviors, because like we see on television, everybody has that moment where they want to tell somebody off. right? Depending on what you're doing and how you're saying it, that could be considered harassment. It's a very low bar for harassment uh, to be able to get a harassment restraining order to restrain someone from Talking to you, being near you, being within a certain distance of you.
2: Texting you. Texting Mm -hmm. you.
1: So even if you've been in a really bad fight with someone for a long time and you're going back and forth on text, those text messages can be the source of a harassment restraining order. So if you're thinking, I'm just trying to get this off my chest, maybe you don't. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Maybe you don't need to say it. And... When you get the harassment restraining order, don't then write them and say, I can't believe you did this because that is a violation and it's a crime. Uh, And it ends up impacting lots of folks who end up getting drawn into these situations, even if they're maybe invited over or the person that's being protected, texts them first. And I'm just responding. It is. It is a crime. Right. So, um, it's, it's really important to understand the benefits of that order for protection or harassment restraining order, but there are, there are downsides to them as well. Uh, and you can, they can be kind of trappy.
2: Oh, more than a little trappy. There. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs>
2: so mm-hmm. no, I, uh, you know, and whenever, whenever I have somebody in my office who's charged with a, you know, a situation out of a domestic, uh, uh dispute, uh, with a spouse or girlfriend or right. whatever it is, the, um. Uh, you know, invariably the police officer will tell the the person who's considered to be the complainant or the the alleged victim of the offense uh, that they should also pursue these civil orders, uh, harassment restraining order order for protection. Okay. Um, and often by the time they get to me, the the relationship is you know the, everyone's decided that it's over. Okay. And so why do I care if I? Uh, you know, if they have this order against me, I'm I'm inclined to just let the order be entered against me without uh, trying to defend against it.
0: Because you're like, I don't want to talk to them anyway. I don't want to talk
2: to them anyway. Okay. Right. Right. And then they, you know, and uh, and and so they allow the order to be entered, and then they post something uh, on, on Facebook, Facebook complaining right? about it. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is considered a communication that would then could then result in the person being prosecuted for something that. So these orders actually criminalize what is otherwise non-criminal behavior, like sending a text message, like placing a phone call, like, you know, sending a love note or right. you know, even a, a simple note, you know, in the mail that says, I'm sorry, or or telling, you know, your buddy Joe, hey, when you see Carrie. Uh, tell her uh, that I really, I feel terrible about all this. And Joe does your bidding and passes that message on to Carrie. That's a crime. You've used a third person to engage in the, in the communication. So I always warn people. I'm like, if you're, if you're going to be, you know, extremely vigilant about making sure that
0: you stay away that from you, them, right? That okay. none of
2: this happens. That's fine but you've put in the hands, uh, you've put the power in the hands of the person who's already Upset mad at you, you mm-hmm. uh, the ability that with one phone call uh, to end your weekend with a nice stay. If you liked one of their posts jail, on right. social
0: media, yeah. <laughs> yeah. now exactly. it turns out you're following them. Right. Okay. Yes.
1: And if you're the complainant or the victim in that situation, you also need to be careful because the police will often recommend, and it's often a good idea to get these types of orders in place, but, if this is a relationship that you want to continue for some reason, and this was a one time incident, something happened, things blew up, and it got out of hand, but you want to try to make amends. Right. Well, it's not a crime for you to talk to that person. If that talking to that person basically invites them to talk back to you, that will not be a defense for that other person. Okay, And it becomes harder for you then when they, when the other person is violating the harassment restraining order or the HRO to go to the police and say, look, he's bothering me. You need to tell him to stay away from me. And then they go and talk to him and he shows the phone and says, look, she's been texting me all day. What am I supposed to do? Right. Right. You need to be really thoughtful that These are very helpful orders. They can protect you, but uh, they can be used against you as well.
2: And they're kind of handed out by police officers as a cookie cutter solution. This is, uh, you know, everybody gets the same green card that has the same information for the same, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, woman's shelter or family shelter or whatever. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a, a uh, whether it was a, a horrendous, violent uh, assault that resulted in someone going to the emergency room. Right. Uh, or it was a an argument uh, during which he said something that scared me and I felt fear. Right. So you've got you know these two ends of the spectrum of ways that that people can be hauled off to the jail, but they're getting the exact same card. That says this is what you need to do. Contact this shelter and and um, you know it's 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 not a one size fits all. The response is not the same or, or shouldn't be the same uh, to those you know very different uh, incidents. Um, and so you know you need to be thoughtful, right? Don't don't let somebody push you into doing something you don't want to do. If you know this relationship is over, um, you know then. You can do an order for protection, but if it isn't over, an order for protection isn't going to work very well and make an amends.
0: So go out there, get the information that you need. You can yes. contact them at Sheridan and Duelist by going to ssdpa.com or the phone number is 651-968-1249. And we appreciate you guys being on the show. As always, you can go to our website, mytalk1071.com, keyword mom show. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Deanne. Thank you, Thank Shannon. Thank you, Shannon.